0: Bye. Okay. Welcome to the White Coat, White Collar podcast, where we help current and aspiring STEM and healthcare professionals demystify the career landscape. I'm your resident host and corporate scientist, Dr. Aurelia Whitmore. Each and every episode, I'm bringing you along as I talk shop with active professionals. We're discussing career journeys from white coat to white collar and everywhere in between. So turn the volume up and let's get this interview started. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Asia Fee with us today. Hi, Asia. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> hey, me and Asia actually met at a Uridite career panel. And so, Uridite is actually an organization that helps high school students, I believe in California, learn about careers and STEM. So, I met Asia at that. We were both on the panel and She mentioned her own cosmetic company called Alchemist Asia, which we'll get into later on the call. But first, we're going to talk about Asia's journey, her career journey, and how she became the CEO of her company, even though she's been a CEO for over a year. Well, no, it's actually approaching a year in September, Mm -hmm. but she just graduated Mm -hmm. with her BS. So we're going to talk about all of the juicy things of Asia (laughs) and how she started out in her career. So Asia, I like to start some episodes with the icebreaker. And so your icebreaker question is, what was your very first job before ever stepping foot into a college campus?
1: So before I even got close to my college career, I worked at age 14 at my family's restaurant for over six years. And still while I was in high school, I ended up picking up two additional jobs to pay my bills. I was a color guard coach for a local junior high, and I was also a student janitor at my high school. So I was cleaning up after the kids I was going to class with.
0: Wow. So wait, what kind of restaurant do your parents own and do they still own it? Yes. So they still own
1: it. It was founded by my grandparents. My grandmother came from Hong Kong with her husband who was in the Navy. And they settled down in a small town and opened a restaurant together. And everybody in my family worked together to keep it running. And as of right now, my mother, my aunt, and my uncle run it together. All three of them are siblings. So it is a steakhouse. But even though we are, you know, Chinese, we do actually have like specials where we do traditional Chinese food. So it's a mix of all kinds of stuff. We try to stay creative. That is so cool. And is it located in Cali?
0: Yes, it is in Taft, California. OT Cookhouse. (laughs) Nice. Taft, California, awesome. And that's also where you earn your associate's degree. So why don't you tell us about your educational journey?
1: Yeah. So I went to Taft Union High School in the same hometown where I grew up, where I went and helped my family. And when I graduated, I ended up going to Taft College, which was a community college. So I originally intended to apply and get into a larger university. I was dead set on going to San Diego Mm -hmm. State, surprisingly. I was born there, so I was like, you know what, I really like the area. And high school me was more influenced by, you know, the college life and the college like scene instead of the actual academics behind it. And when I went and visited the campuses, I realized how large they were and coming from a small town that wasn't necessarily what I wanted. And after being rejected from quite a bit of my dream schools, I was no longer Mm -hmm. wanting to go to a larger university. And I actually went straight into a community college instead. I had already had quite a few college credits to that specific college during my high school education as well because they offered it at my school. So it made sense to make the transition there. And finish my degree because I already was yeah. a student there technically. And so while I was right. there, because I started so early, I was able to achieve two associate's degrees, one in natural and physical science and the other in math and science.
0: Wow. So you finished with two associates. Now, how long did it take you to gain dual degrees.
1: It did take me two years. So I graduated high school in 2016 and I finished in 2018.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, I've actually have a similar situation when I was applying for universities from high school and I didn't get into any of the schools that I wanted to get into, but I also had a different career path. I wanted to be like a journalist (laughs) and a newscaster. So I wanted to do mass And I didn't get into any of the large schools. And so I had to start off at a small HBCU in New Orleans. And it's funny because a lot of people like us, right, when we experience rejection or even if you want to call it failure so early, I feel like it catapults us to be even greater earlier and to really not give up, right? And I can totally say that with you, with all that you've done now. In the short amount of time of finishing school, but so you went on after your associates and you received your bachelor's at California State University, Channel Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience there and maybe even how you applied because they're not an extremely large school, but they're definitely a larger campus. So how did you transition when you finished your associates? Like, how did you decide even knowing that you experienced so many rejections? where you were going to go next and how you were going to pursue the next aspect of your educational career. Yes.
1: So I knew I needed to transfer to a university once I completed my degree. During Mm -hmm. my last semester at my community college, I started looking into schools. And after, you know, going to a community college that was very small campus and the professor to your student was very close. So you were really involved and you could ask questions without being referred to like as a number. That's what I started looking for in schools. And I actually ended up visiting Mm -hmm. a friend unrelated to like the school process. I went and visited the campus at California State University Channel Islands and she showed me it. It was gorgeous and it was... Very like spread out. And she showed me how the program was a little bit different, but still small enough because she also came from the same small town that I did. And that was something that Mm. I wanted. I wanted to have that kind of relationship with my professors where I was able to connect that way if I needed the help. So it opened up that world me when I started looking into it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Bakersfield is actually right outside of Taft. And that was the other option. Most people who go to community college at Taft College end up transferring to California State University Bakersfield. But that's not what I wanted, because I had heard that the program I wanted to go into was very impactive, very competitive. And I would have been in my hometown, which is something I didn't want to do. I really wanted to travel. So I looked into going to Channel Islands instead, which was the exact same price, but a better campus. So it just made all the sense to me. So I ended up transferring there and pursuing my bachelor's in chemistry. And it was by Mm -hmm. far the best
0: decision. That's awesome. And why chemistry? I mean, even from your associate's degree focused on math and science. So you've been a science nerd for some time now, right? So why (laughs) pursue the STEM route? So this conversation usually changes
1: depending on like who I'm chatting with about. But I knew I wanted to pursue science in high school. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the typical story is, oh, I had a great professor, a teacher who just really influenced it. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I did have a lot of people who influenced my decision to go into that field but ultimately what it came down to was my love of makeup actually I started doing makeup as early as sixth grade it wasn't good but it was it was a start and when I got into high school I really loved the unconventional colored lipsticks so I wanted like blues I wanted purples and the only brand that was kind of out there doing that was like maybe Kat Von D at the time and her stuff is very mm-hmm. expensive it was at sephora and that was something well outside of my range and because i couldn't yeah. afford that i started looking into how to make my own and that led to mm-hmm. learning about like emulsifiers and for the longest time i didn't know water and oil could mix and that just like blew my mind so i remember reading mm-hmm. that stuff for fun and i was like mm-hmm. maybe there's something there so I had that at the back of my mind and then I got into my chemistry courses in high school and everything clicked. You know, it came naturally and I learned more about the career fields that chemistry could do and that there was such Mm -hmm. thing as cosmetic chemistry. So all these lights went off and I'm like, bingo, like this is totally it. But my shift in approaching chemistry changed right before I did go Pursue my associates and my bachelor's. But I remember when I was still working at that restaurant with my mom, she was telling everybody that I was going into cosmetology because she didn't understand mm. what cosmetic chemistry mm. was. So everyone, you know, this is how I dressed when I was in high school, too. I wore fake lashes, yeah. huge like wings, like all kinds of crazy makeup. Yeah. And I was known as the makeup girl. And that came yeah. with. Unfortunately, a lot of stigma that, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like the girls who do their hair and makeup, they go to cosmetology school because they can't get an education or can't pursue a, a career field that's um, intensive. And I hated mm-hmm. that. I hated that I was associated with that sort of stigma. So mm-hmm. I cut out cosmetic chemistry and I just wanted to pursue chemistry with the intention of being the smart girl, but looking. Like this. <laughs> so My I man. went and I did the most and like intense chemistry I could, which is like organic chemistry to most people. People can't stand it. I loved it. My yeah. research was anti-cancer drug development. And in every presentation I did, I wore a full face of makeup and a bright red suit because I didn't want to change who I was. I just wanted to show that you yeah. could be that sort of person looking like this and go into that education yeah, sure. field. And it totally stuck and I got to approach different types of chemistry along the way. And I think if I would have just stuck to the cosmetic chemistry, I would have been a lot more closed-minded about the different fields you can go into with
0: that degree. Right. Wow. That is so awesome. And I love (laughs) that you stayed true to yourself because that's something that us women face in the workplace. Like even me, my nails, you know, my eyelashes, my wigs, (laughs) you know, like that's something that... (laughs) Women, we, you know, it is in the back of our minds. And so I think that's awesome that even knowing that you could be stigmatized, you didn't care. You continue to be who you are and show the other aspects of yourself, such as your intellect and your ability to still talk about anti-cancer therapeutics while wearing a wing lash and lashes. or Maybe even some big hoop earrings too, you know? So I love that. I love that. <laughs> And that's when representation matters, right? That's the representation that other young girls need to see and that to know that they can still pursue STEM. You can still pursue, you can still be a doctor and wear your red lip and wear your hoops and be who you are and still save the world and find cures for diseases and work in tech. Like it's acceptable. And for those who don't think it's acceptable, we're gonna show them that it is, right? So I love that.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. And I also noticed, so one thing about the University of California State University, Channel Islands, is that they are 62% first-generation college students. So I know with your family migrating from Hong Kong and being entrepreneurs, are you the first in your family to pursue an education?
1: Yes. I was the first in my family, the first of all of my siblings as well. So it was a very difficult journey. So that was another thing that just drew me closer into Channel Islands was the community there and a lot of the resources that they had for first-generation students. Mm -hmm. Something I also wanted to note about that statistic is a large portion of the students there are actually of Hispanic descent. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was awesome because most of the people who were in my classes were first-generation and we were kind of like struggling together and learning Mm -hmm. everything together. So it was really nice knowing that not everybody came with like parents who already had like their PhD and knew what they were doing and were able to get all these scholarships because they were well-established already. They had all these sorts of resources for students like us, and it made it just
0: a more enjoyable journey. That's awesome. And another thing that I wanted to mention, too, about the campus and your experience as a student was how you were exposed to so many different types of chemistry, right? And you were able to have that experience at that institute. So although I know you said you were into makeup since sixth grade and you loved Orgo and you pursued chemistry for your bachelor's but when did you start actively making decisions for the cosmetic side or was that something you just did in your spare time?
1: I started reintroducing myself to cosmetics during the pandemic actually because I found myself with so much extra time that I was like okay I need to like keep moving and because I wasn't in the lab and I wasn't being as active as I was on campus I just needed something to be creative I needed a creative outlet and Mm -hmm. So I started making like bath bombs that was like for personal use, of course. And then I would make like candles and things like that to keep myself entertained. And then I started looking back into cosmetics themselves where I was looking into making like lip glosses. And at the time, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the lip gloss culture right now on Instagram, but almost everybody's got a lip gloss business nowadays. Like you see them all over the place and it's great. And a lot of these youth are making money that way, which is awesome. But at the same time, one thing that it came down to for all those businesses I saw was they were using the same like gel base for their lip glosses. Mm-hmm. It's called like Versa gel and you get it from like different manufacturers mm-hmm. and they just add the color and the scent to it later. And that mm-hmm. stuff ironically smells like chemicals to me, which is like, there's nothing wrong with the composition of it. It's just the all smell right. of it like grosses yeah. me out. So yeah. I was like, okay, I got to find a way to make my own without using that and that's where all the research came in and all my lab experience came in and I had all this glassware that I had and I was able to start making my own right there yeah so that was kind of where cosmetic chemistry came back into play even though it was something that honestly got ignored while I was approaching my bachelor's degree
0: Hmm. wow that's awesome Yeah, I know. I actually have a friend who has her own lip gloss and lipstick company. So that's interesting. I didn't know that there was like one main ingredient that is common. So how did you crack the code? How did you learn how to make that base ingredient while maybe taking away one chemical compound that's responsible for the smell? And how long did that take? Like, were you in the lab doing distillation? Like, tell us about that (laughs) without giving away your secret. (laughs) No, of course, of course I
1: get you. So, I wanted to go somewhat with a natural approach. I know that's a really controversial term especially for myself. My brand is about blending those two communities just because they're butting heads at the moment, mm-hmm. but I wanted to find a way that I could use stuff from regular like shelves, so like, you know, coconut oil and things like that. So, I started like playing around with things. And it was a process because I would read like people's blogs who were making it at home mm. and I would be like, oh, that sounds cool in theory. But then there would be like a big no-no where it's like, mm. oh, OK, like I'm going to put like this extra concentrated like oil in this. And I'm like, OK, well, don't do that because that could be really dangerous, yeah. especially if it's going to be on your lips and you, you eat it, things like yes. that. So yeah. it was more so reading into these things and seeing mm. how you could make it safe mm-hmm. but also not using that base gel mm-hmm. so it took a lot of trial and error unfortunately no distillation mm-hmm. but I did have to invest in a hot plate and yeah. there was stuff all over the counter like the kitchen <laughs> space ended up being my lab
0: space for a while oh my, just awesome. to get it like perfect right, right that's awesome <laughs> and just going back to, even to your work ethic when you were in high school you had multiple jobs And even during your undergraduate education, you worked as a lab tech at the university, you worked as a lab tech for a company known as Parker Hannifin. You've done a lot of things. You've always kind of kept that hustle, that girl, that girl hustle in you to, you know, get through and make money while you're <laughs> pursuing your education. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like your lab manager experience and maybe how that even tied into some of your chemical experience?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I would say that had a lot of influence on it. So when I transferred to Channel Islands, I was actually really nervous because I had to obviously leave the jobs that I had back home Mm -hmm. that was paying my bills. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to get a job because when I first transferred, I had no car, so I couldn't do anything off campus. So I started looking at resources, but I knew I wanted to start using or going to work with my field. And everything aligned and I found out that the chemistry department was looking for student like lab preps, lab technician positions. Mm -hmm. And I applied and I got to interview literally the first day of school. I had moved into the dorms maybe a week before got an interview and was hired on that next week. And I had a job. I was super grateful and it was a great way for me to get to know the chemistry professors Mm -hmm. too. That's how we got really in touch and connected. So it was not only a good networking point and good way to get, My finances checked, but it just opened a world for me being a first-generation student and never being in this field before. So a lot of the stuff that I did in that job was preparing reagents and different chemicals for the labs that were happening that day. So it could be anywhere from gen chem... Mm to PCem, to organic chemistry, mm-hmm. and sometimes like electrical chemistry, like all kinds of all kinds of labs I was setting up for. And I got to learn about all the stuff. And through that job, I got to do stuff that a lot of students don't get to do when you're in large universities until you're like in research. Mm-hmm. So I got to run an NMR by myself. Oh, wow. That was great. A lot of people I met, they would send their samples to the NMR, but I actually got to run them and like very few kids can say that they got to do that in undergrad, so I was pretty proud of it. So I got a lot of hands-on experience with machinery, which did help with this next part I'm going to talk about. So, you know, after I was connecting with professors in classes, I was offered a position to be an intern for Parker Hannifin Corporation, their biofiltration division in Oxnard, California, 15 minutes away from my campus. And they were looking for, you know, chemists, biologists, biochemists and it fit the bill. So I got to start there and do a lot of like different stuff. I actually worked with some chemical engineers. I got to work with chemists and biologists on all sorts of projects. And I also got to run machinery because of my experience as a lab prep. And it helped me so much there. And I learned so many incredible things being in that biofiltration division. And after I graduated, I was offered a promotion to lab technician where I got to lead a NDA project that they're still currently working on. And it was super exciting just because the last person to work on it was a UCLA PhD and an ex NASA employee. So it was a lot of pressure for me to be yes. running that project by myself. And then after I successfully completed it, it was insane to me that this was even achievable. And that was like just barely finishing my degree. So the fact that I was able to put everything I learned into yes. a physical practice was just an incredible experience. So I still can't believe I got to do that kind of work while in undergrad and after graduating immediately not a lot of people can say that
0: they got a job right after graduating yeah no for sure I mean and even got a job before graduating right Mm -hmm. before even finishing your degree that's awesome and so to work with such influences is amazing and you gave all of that up to start Alchemist (laughs) Asia your own cosmetic company oh my goodness tell us about this
1: all righty. So Alchemist Asia started back in September of 2020. So like I said, after playing around with it mm-hmm. for a while, after I established a recipe for my lip gloss, I looked onto Amazon and I wanted to mm-hmm. buy a container for it. And I found this super cute one. It was shaped like a light bulb. I thought it was adorable. And when I ordered it, it came in a pack of 18. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like way too many. I just needed the one for me. So I decided to make all 18 just because I didn't want to waste it. I already spent money on it. And all the extras I ended up put it, putting on my Instagram store. And I was like, Hey, I made extra of these to like, does anyone want them? And I sold all of them. I had friends um, who wow. just wanted to buy a couple and they thought they were so cute. And I chatted with them and they yeah. were like, well, do you see making a business out of this? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll look more into it. And after a month yeah. of, working on it and looking and getting some research done and building my own website, I Mm. eventually launched it in September and it has just continued to grow and everyone has been super supportive. As far as my position as a lab technician, I was only promoted like in August. So this was a month's Mm. difference between, you know, getting that promotion and starting Alchemist Asia. So I was still running Alchemist Asia while working full time at the lab. I was working 40 hours a week. And then I would come home and make wow. my products and ship them out before I'd go to work the next day. So it was just keep going, keep going. And even with yeah. running my own business and working full time, I was still not making enough to have rent money in California because it's so incredibly high. There's no such thing as um, a single apartment that you can like affordably like pay for in California. That's just Mm -hmm. not something that exists. You have to room with somebody. And for over six months, I was struggling finding a place where I would go from Airbnb to hotels and eventually like, you know, friends houses until I was able to rent from a woman, but it was only temporary. She's she said I'd have to be out by November, which put a timeframe on my job. So I was put in this, this odd position where I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I have this awesome job and I have this awesome business. Yeah. But I don't have anywhere to live, you know, by November. And so that was when like the quarter life crisis kind of happened. And I remember talking to my partner and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And he was going to yeah. come out here to Alaska where I currently live to go to school. That was the plan. We had been putting money aside so he could go to school and I was going to yeah. stay in California and keep working while he completed his degree but he did not want to go unless I was okay because he's like, I'm not going to go to school if you're going to be homeless. So we finally made the decision that I would go with him up there Mm -hmm. and we would try and find work for me. That was just what we were going to do because I had no other options. So I talked to my work and they were very understanding. Actually, they were super supportive and helped me in every way possible And, you know, I ended up having to quit that job and I kept running with my own business. I paused it during the move, but I had less than two months to get ready to move to Alaska. And, you know, we've been here since January. I'm still running my business. There's a lot of stuff that happened in between, obviously, but that's kind of like what happened with my business and why it's more established than when I had first started it. It was kind of more of a side hustle and now it's more a legitimate business with like an actual license and everything because I made that huge change. And I've
0: enjoyed my life so far. It's it's been a crazy journey. (laughs) That is awesome. Wow, you're living in Alaska from California. That's that's such a huge transition. (laughs) Wow. So Oh my boy. I just have so many questions now. Um, <laughs> so let's start with this. So most Go of your it. clientele has been in California, right? Mm-hmm. So how is shipping like? Do you have to like maybe charge more now for shipping now that you're shipping so far away? And it has to cross water. How's that process as a business owner?
1: Yeah, that was the biggest change when I did have to start shipping from Alaska. That's why I actually waited so long to reopen my store back in January. I waited until February to open back up because I wanted to pay attention to shipping rates. It takes no less than two weeks for certain things to ship out of Alaska and to Alaska. And so the rates did have to change. And I did have to express to all of my clients that, hey, this is the time period. So everyone's well aware of how long it takes and they know how much work goes into it anyways. So a lot of people are very understanding and I still haven't had any problems with shipping, which is awesome, but it's definitely hard to source items. So that's why I try to find a lot of local businesses or different local suppliers when getting my stuff, just because I have to outsource in order to get everything shipped up here. So if I'm out of stuff now, I'm out of stuff for like weeks until that stuff can get up here. That was definitely a big change
0: right right and so it's harder now having access to those raw materials you need to make the lipsticks and the gloss and the soaps correct oh yeah yeah it was a lot harder yeah and i'm sure now you even may have to increase some of those products because if you're buying local that's probably more expensive than when you would buy in the states maybe definitely wow wow And as far as, like, the living situation, I know that had to be extremely stressful, like, from Airbnb to hotel to friends. Wow. So you were doing that because you really wanted to keep your job and you wanted to stay in California to have the opportunities you were given, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was so scared of like wanting to quit you know I felt like I worked so hard to get a job like this and mm. people were always telling me like how lucky I was yeah. to be able to work a position like that the pay was excellent too so that was hard to run away from yeah. so it was very scary but I did try to do everything just because being a first generation student and already getting a taste of your goals yes it's hard to settle for anything less yes. and it was very difficult for me to picture myself moving back home During this time of COVID, and then that was another factor too that was happening was this was happening all during the pandemic, the height of it, and we were deemed essential workers. Mm -hmm. So not only was I just doing it because of the money, but we were very heavily involved as essential workers. We make a lot of medical grade materials. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the like IV bags or filtration systems for medication Mm -hmm. came from our establishment and we were a part of that. So it was really hard to just kind of like back away from something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't regret it at all. I'm still in touch with everyone that does work there. Yeah. So totally grateful for how the situation was handled.
0: Right. Definitely. And it's awesome that you have those resources and those networks for Alchemist Asia as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So despite the stress
1: of trying to find a place, everyone has still just been really nice about it. and very supportive of my business. I actually didn't tell anyone about it until I was leaving. Yeah actually some of them found out on LinkedIn yeah. when I finally put it on. I was so nervous to put my own business on there. I was like, yeah. are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed <laughs> to say that you can have your own business? Right, right. Like as your height, like employment, yes. I was like, that feels wrong. Yeah. And so that's how my bosses actually found out. And one of them bought from me too. It was, it was so funny. <laughs>
0: that's so nice. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure all of these experiences, all of these trials and tests, has also led to some of the other work you do, being a social media manager for the WOW series and a content lead for the world within us. You give back to a lot of nonprofits and you help and work for and support Nonprofits that change the world. So why don't you tell us about that as well?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually really excited about this too. I had such a shift in my career. So not only was I working on Alchemist Asia and making it the best it could be, but in preparation for moving to Alaska, you know, I started looking for work, of course. I started applying to labs immediately and I didn't hear back because, you know, all my resumes said I was living in California. And so no one's going to believe that you're going to legitimately move to Alaska to work for these companies. So <laughs> I understood why I never got a call back. That was fair, but I started like looking at different ways. I was like, okay, you know, there are options. What if I just use my other talents? So something that I did when I was in high school, I was a film editor. So I did TV productions for over three years. It was something that I found that was super fun. I loved making videos. And then in college, I was a social media manager for my chemistry club. So I kind of plugged those. And I started looking into remote positions, just something that I could work on until I found a lab job when I moved up here. So during that transition time, this is what I was looking for. And I was able to connect with Anina, who is the founder of The World Within Us, which is a nonprofit sustainable travel company. So all of her trips are mm-hmm. on the idea of making social impact. And they follow the United Nations global goals, which are 17 wow. sustainable development goals for all countries involved. So whether that be helping the pollution crisis or spreading solar panels to different communities or inequalities amongst like different people, inequalities for women too, just depending on the country that she goes to, she designs these trips to support those goals and the communities that are out there. So not only are you getting to explore this place, you're working with grassroots nonprofit, like local people. And it is just amazing. So it clicked with, you know, my moral standards. So not necessarily my chemistry stuff. It was something that I loved as a person and I was able to apply my other side hobbies into. And after we got connected I started with her and now almost coming up to a year of working together. And I'm like her right wing woman. We work on everything together. After all the hard work I've been That's doing, awesome. she's actually going to be sending me to Egypt in a couple months as her social media
0: manager. Wow. And,
1: through, and through her, she would uplift my own business as well. She was constantly supporting me on that as well. And through that position, I gained so much experience about content creation and social media management that I was able to connect with her friend at the wow series, Abigail. So I started working for them as well. And she also uplifted my business, invited me to speaker events and through this kind of just weird parallel universe where I didn't expect to like even happen. Like, you know, if I was in community college watching this from afar, I started content creation and my social media platform changed from just posting pictures of when I was on holiday to me doing stuff yeah. in science, making TikToks and reels about women in science, and women in STEM, and also working yes. with these uh, different companies that do social impact or support women. I was combining all those things together and mm-hmm. just completely changed. So now when I refer to myself to people like, oh, what do you do for work? I say that I'm a remote chemist. So I do a lot mm. of virtual events and a lot of yeah. mentorship, all sorts of stuff, anything I can do to help people in STEM be supported
0: yes. on yes. a different
1: plane, just because virtual. I was you know, working out of Alaska. I didn't have a lab job. And that's something I do <laughs> in addition to Alchemist Asia. And it's just so crazy to think that it started from just doing social media work for someone who wants to take someone to Tanzania. Mm. Like, that's just where it started and this is where I am now.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And it's funny because COVID has been devastating. It's really changed a lot of people's lifestyles, their work styles, their life in every aspect. It's definitely brought on a lot of change for people. And for lots of people, it has created a more integrated, a more friendly and eye-opening place to create new work to create new jobs for yourself. So that's so awesome. So Asia, I had one other question for you. Well, actually I had a few other questions for you, but one that you mentioned being a virtual chemist. I really, really love one of your Instagram posts where you did your makeup and you made your entire face blue. Oh. <laughs> and you did like the inversion technique. And I, yeah, I have to put that on the YouTube channel I'll probably list it here, but that video in Asia painted her face blue, and she did some inversion technique, and then it didn't look blue anymore, and so her Instagram is amazing. She's always teaching and incorporating science into makeup, and it is just, it's so cool, so kudos to you for for pushing, and creating content is not easy, and it takes time, so painting your face blue takes time, and even washing your face (laughs) off takes time, so kudos to you. For investing that time to teach us, to teach us the amazing aspects of makeup and how it's tied to science. So if you have one other thing to share with the audience, let's say we have someone who's listening. It may be an immigrant student who is, you know, trying to work their way up to being successful for themselves, to being able to live on their own and be an adult. And they may have to go through an associate's program or they may have to make decisions based off certain opportunities that are closed to them for whatever reason. What would your advice be to those types of students?
1: So I think overall, being first gen, being a daughter of immigrants, you know, being a woman, being a person of color, just all those different factors, something that is universally known is there is going to be a point where you're going to look and nothing's going to represent you or you're not going to see a field that you want or that ideal job that you think doesn't exist, you feel like you can't see it. And if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you are that person to fill that space. That is something I had to learn throughout my journey was, well, I don't see people doing this. And because someone's not doing it doesn't mean it can't happen. It means that you need to make it happen. So the fact that I was able to turn social media, which is something I found so fun because I loved making content, I love doing my makeup, but I also love my passion for science, there is a way to combine it. And it is a career. It isn't just something that I'm wasting my time on. It has gotten me great opportunities, not only for work, but meeting people all over the world, um, supporting others like myself. I offer so much mentorship because I fill that space that I always wanted for myself. And that's something I explain to everyone who ever reaches out for advice through my DMs. I always take the time to read and like figure out what they are asking. And I share my best advice because I never had that as someone who grew up in a small town and was, you know, very much so a minority and never had the support I needed. I want to give back that support. And I think that's what everyone in this position should do as well. So, you know, fill that space and help others that you want to follow along and do the same.
0: That's so awesome. Well, thank you, Asia. Reporting in from Alaska <laughs> for taking this time to, to discuss with our listeners and and our viewers. This was so awesome, and I can't wait to have you a part of some other projects.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to hear back from you because the panel. I feel like I did not get enough of you. <laughs> I feel like this was a great way to further the conversation that we did have, and it just goes to show how much social media can really impact your life and connect you to people who are very like-minded and want to change the world and want to make different spaces available to all so thank you so much for having me and um this was a great conversation
0: and i do have a few favorite products from asia that i'm gonna leave in the youtube links below so thank you everyone for listening That concludes today's episode of the White Coat, White Collar podcast. If you like these discussions and want to continue hearing more, please subscribe and leave a comment on the platform that you've tuned into today. For more resources on unique career options for STEM and healthcare professionals, please follow White Coat, White Collar on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you love what I'm doing and would like to be a sponsor to help me continue demystifying the career landscape, Please visit whitecoatwhitecollar.com forward slash sponsor. Thank you for tuning in and all the best on your career journey. Remember, take the journey one step at a time and don't be too hard on yourself. You got this. Until next time.